Welcome to the Black on Black Education Podcast, where we interview the most brilliant minds and connected hearts to discuss our shared passion for the transformation, the revolution, reimagining, and recreation of education in the Black community. My name is Eva Loren Jean Charles, founder of Black on Black Education and New York City High School teacher. And I'm Jamal Thomas, her partner and dad, education enthusiast. And we're, and we're your, your host. host. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And most importantly, to enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Black on Black Education podcast, where you will hear a conversation between myself, founder of Black on Black Education, Eva Loren Jean Charles, my dad and co-founder, Jamal Thomas, and we will be talking to Mr. Courtney Sparks of Courtney's Corner. We spoke about creating inclusive conversations for the advancement of our communities. We've talked about the reality that communities of color have not now nor will ever be monolithic. And that is why we have to create space for conversations ignored by the mainstream. We begin to take hold of our powers of influencing the culture and use it to increasingly influence our community and its advancement. This episode was so, so good. So sit back, relax, grab a snack and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Black and Black Education podcast. Without further ado, we will have our guest, as we do every single week, introduce themselves and let the people know who they are, what they do, and why they do it. Hey, 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 what is going on? I'm your boy, Courtney Starks, talk show host, CEO, and founder of Courtney's Corner. We are a company and brand that focuses on impacting lives and sharing the stories of the voices that are not being heard, that are not stories that are not being told. And I do it because I want to, I want to create a platform that allows people of color, people in marginalized communities an opportunity to get their voices heard across the board. Incredible, incredible. So yeah, what, what, give, us a, give us a gauge, like what, uh, what, what drew you to, uh, you know, to telling the stories of the untold? Like what, 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 uh, what, what, what was, uh, where did that come from? So I, I always tell people, I was a chatterbox growing up, right? All through, all through school, whatever. You couldn't tell me not to speak. Like that was one of the things that didn't work when I was in school. It didn't work when I was home. I got in a lot of trouble for it, but as I'm older now, it's paid off. You know what I mean? I'm here now. So um, for me, when I first started Courtney's Corner, it was about this conversation. It was about giving people an opportunity to feel like they're important, to feel like they're seen, to feel like they're they're present in the midst of so many different things going on in the world. Um, and even when I cut it off due to my um, kidney failure and came back, I felt like the stories were bigger. We were going through a lot more, you know, and it was now just being televised. It was put on social media, you know, back then in like, you know, early 2000s, we didn't really have much social media. It was like just starting, you know? Um, so a lot of things were happening, but we weren't really uh, obviously able to either see it or know too much about it or kind of hear it from a person's perspective. But in this land of social media, you can see everything now. Everything is kind of visual and it's happening like right there. And there are people who are suffering on the other end of that who once those cameras stop rolling on ABC, NBC, CNN, whatever it may be, that Pandora's box is still being opened. There are people in our communities right now who are suffering and dying and can't pay for this and can't pay for that, um, have nowhere to sleep, have nowhere to have nowhere to go 
don't have access to these things and no one is speaking about these. These are organ there are organizations out here in our communities that are not getting funding because they're not deemed mainstream or what a person is doing is not deemed mainstream. So what I what I did with my platform was allow these people an opportunity to at least feel like they're being seen and feel like they're being heard. And by the grace of God, I have been able to create a platform that thousands of people hear. Um, before we spoke last week, um, I got picked up on Roku and Amazon Fire. So it just kind of goes to show that people are naturally wanting to hear these stories. There, there's a lane for everybody. And I'm just, I'm just happy to be the best with that can allow that to be, you know? We're not gonna just slide past that, like, <laughs> like you didn't just say what you just said. Hold on, you were picked up by whom now? Just yes, one more time. So, la so last week, on uh, my my, what was supposed to be a summer series last year, has now been picked up on Roku and Amazon Fire. So shout out to the people over there, the developers over there who saw my show, who believed in what I was saying, who believed in my vision and allowed it to be picked up on a bigger scale. I really do appreciate it. Ugh, incredible. Congrats, congrats, man. <laughs> Thank you. It's just, I mean, it's so, I'm getting feedback. Is anybody else getting feedback? No. I did hear a little bit of feedback, yeah. Okay, hold on, we're good. I don't hear it on my end. Yep, I don't hear it, we're good. We'll cut it out, not a worry. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, that is so incredible um, because we don't hear about folks getting the opportunities that they deserve when they deserve them. And yeah. so it's so incredible that in this time and this space where identity is just becoming more and more fluid and conversations that we've never been having before are yes. now just like needing, needed. Mm -hmm. to um, yeah. The space is being created for it. So I'm, I'm yeah. so excited about that. And so I'd love for you to like give some examples to folks so that they can tangibly see like what are the sort of conversations that you're having? Uh, what is the impact of them for you personally? And also the impact on your following, the people who know you um, yes. and the people who are sharing their stories because that's also such a liberating mm -hmm. thing to be able to, to share your story with people. Yeah, so we we talk about things that that are needed now, like such as financial literacy and what that means and what that looks like in the black community, right? About saving, about investing. You know, we talk about generational wealth, but who is telling us about how to save our money the proper way? Like, who are these people? Because they don't look like us. We have a problem, right? These people aren't looking like us. We need to start gearing towards our own to kind of figure out how to combat those um, those things. We talk about um, woman empowerment. You know, we talk about mental health awareness because that's big and that's one of the other things that are not spoken about in, you know, black or brown communities. Um, we're speaking about like um, generational, this kind of a generational being of change, especially now with this new generation coming up and the shift, you know what I mean? From millennials to what Gen Z, X, Elemental P, whatever they are right now, um, the shift and kind of how do we kind of create paths and roads to lead them to greatness when we're lost? So we, we're having those conversations because they're needed, you know what I mean? And for as it impacts me, it always brings me chills. And my, my, with my, my fiance, like it, it makes me it makes me nervous at first because you never know who is listening and what is being said and what's the impact until you hear it after the show is done. And a lot of times you'll get people in my DMs or people who are reaching out to my team and like, 
hey, like we we actually needed to hear this because now because of this, I can do A, B, C, D. And it goes the same for the people who are coming on the show. You know, they're everybody's always hesitant, right? You know, I'm just a boy from Brooklyn with a dream, right? Okay, I'm not on ABC, <laughs> I'm not on Fox. But that doesn't mean that my voice isn't powerful. It doesn't mean my stance. But you are on right. Amazon and Roku, okay? <laughs> yes, yes. You know what I mean? But, you know, so, like, it's it's always kind of like, okay, well, you got to come on. And, you know, I show them just some of the people who've come on, some of the celebrities who've come on the show. Um, And, it, and it's that impact so you know that, listen, people are listening. I remember back in 2010 when I first started, I literally, I think I told you this before, I had a Toshiba laptop in my grandmother's kitchen. Period. That's all I had, a broken Toshiba laptop and a dream. And it's turned into a, now a full-blown studio production that um I look back at and I go, Come, it's, it's all God, you know? It's all God. Definitely, man. I'd love to hear it. I, I you know, it, it's it's the story's important, man. We we you know we this is the Black on Black Education podcast. So, you know, yes. we focus so much of our attention um on education and what happens in schools and things to that effect. And, and you know, I can't help but think, um, you know, what if students got guided through, you know, some of the process that you've got the opportunity to walk through? Um, what if students were exposed to the conversations that that uh, you know that, that you're having? You know, so many people walk out of school literally without you know I, I, well I, I used to say balance a checkbook and nobody yes so we don't have to worry about that part um, you know but just some of the basic understandings of credit and, and financial literacy and community building so do you do you do anything any work like within schools where you're kind of bringing some of the, the messages that uh, that you're discussing with your with your uh you know audience that have have you focused any of any any of your attention on um, how to get the messages into young people's ears so what I do now is, you know, there are people in that in that vicinity for school. So what I like to do, and my goal is to catch them in the community, right? Like I'm the big brother, I'm the uncle, I'm the cousin. You understand what I'm saying? And I want to talk to you while we're in this community together because you're going to go to school and you're going to hear 24, 25 different voices throughout your entire life. Let's get it at home, right? Let's have these conversations at home. So yes, we um we are actually doing a project right now, which is the Courtney's Corner Initiative. And basically it is us pouring into our younger people in these communities and allowing them opportunity to, to find, well, actually kind of make their own decisions in the world. But by doing so, we're guiding them. So we, we're doing things like telling them how to give back to these people who are less than you, like I was explaining to you before. Like we do drive, we do educational drives, we do book drives, like this basic reading. You know what I'm saying? Like, Getting a book in your hands, something that's tangible. There's so much more to life than Twitter. I'm sorry, no shade, no shade, but we need to start. We need to start learning information that's inside of books that we had to learn when we were growing up. Like Theosaurus, like what is that, right? Like if I told a, a kid about Theosaurus, he would scream, you know. But we have to kind of get back into that. I'm just learning how to be leaders in our communities. What What does it mean to kind of go from a boy to a man, learning how to do something like a, take a, make a resume, you know, stuff like that, giving them job um, job preparation and things that nature. So our initiative has kind of blown up over the last year when we are now kind of pouring into the young people in our community. We literally just had a toy drive and that was something that was really, really big for us because once again, in my in my head, I don't see, I don't see the, the life glamour. I'm just doing it out from the bottom of my heart. And when I see the pour, the outpouring of love and reciprocation of people coming in, like, hey, we needed this in our community. We, our young people needed to know that there are people out there who genuinely care. 
it just makes it all worth it, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, especially as someone who works with kids, I, I completely understand the difference between a child who sees that you see them and a child who feels lost, right? Yes. And so when you have somebody who decides to be a community organizer um, to hold conversations about them and their experiences, like the love is always gonna come back because kids yeah. do appreciate what we do for them. They do appreciate when we pour into them. It's just a matter of how often is it happening? How much mm -hmm. is it happening and how do we scale it? Yeah. Um, so I would love for you to talk a little bit about um, being able to create inclusive conversations and, and like what that has been like for you, because a lot of people don't understand what it means to create an inclusive conversation. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. It, because I started, I, I kind of rebranded this again last year. It was a little bit hard, right? Because you figure we didn't have space for anything. Everything was kind of shut down. It was you, virtual, on a computer, kind of like wanting to spill these things. And I felt like, especially for our young people, that had to be the hardest time for any young person to go through because you're dealing with that social separation, right? Is that enough you're not communicating when you're in school because you don't feel like no one relates to you? You're going through that age in life where you're like, okay, no one understands me, or you're in a situation where home is not the best. Physically, spiritually, mentally, you're not in a, a good situation. So kind of being home was hard. So when we were able to kind of like peek our heads outside, we took a chance, we ran for it. Like, come on come on, let me show you what this side of life looks like where, pe where people genuinely love you and care for you just for you being yourself. You know, um, it it really tugged at my heartstrings when I first started, like, including young people in the conversation because to hear them kind of say these things like, I don't feel seen, I don't feel loved, this is what's going on at home, I'm struggling with this. And it, it makes you, I didn't have to go through that growing up. You know, thankfully, I was guided by strong men and women who poured into me, whether it be in school, church, at home. So to hear these things, I was, it hurt, you know what I mean? And I felt like somebody has to be the one to do it. We can't keep waiting for, you know, ABC to come from the sky and just make it happen. We have to start at the homes, you know what I mean? So creating these inclusive conversations kind of broadened their horizons to allow them to know that I don't have to be afraid to come into my neighborhood. I don't have to be afraid to live here. I can take pride in my community because there are people in these communities who are giving me purpose, who are allowing me to find what I need to be able to be successful elsewhere outside of it being an educational setting, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I mean, when you speak to, you know, educational setting, sometimes I we think about the fact that, um, you know, school can be like dodgy. It can, it can just have a, a, a kids can have a negative connotation to it right from the beginning. Yeah. If they go to a, go to the place and it's not fun, if it if, if it doesn't feel community led, if it doesn't um, if it doesn't feel associated with or attached to the things that they really enjoy or the things that they um, that are practical to their to their life. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, then it doesn't. It's not the space that we need it to be. Right. Um, and so, I don't know whether whether all your work is done. The, the question is is what's how, how do how do we um 
how do we include more spaces where these conversations are, are, are happening? I, I, I would like it if school became a place because they're there anyway and you've got a captive yeah. audience and if you can you know shift how they feel, that would be awesome. But if it's not happening in the school building, you know what are the things that you're doing besides your, your, your digital platform, which is obviously dope, um, to make sure that you're bringing this right into um, the, the kids' um, Ballywick and, and, and their so home? We, so we need to have these, like, I feel like it's, networking like we were like we're doing right now with one another can bring awareness and a bigger platform we all have things like i think that you don't have vice versa right and us coming together collectively to think outside of the school the building itself we are all living in these neighborhoods together we're not we're not in mars and like we're, we're here right now tenable on earth like so let's start creating even if you're doing it at a park you know what i mean Doing starting from a park, going to a library, going to somewhere where they where you can meet them where they at a basketball court, a football court, going to places that feel comfortable for them, and then kind of teaching them about these things, you know, in, in regards to community, like allowing all of them to come together. Like I always say, kids can relate so much more towards being into a gang. They 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 can lean more toward going to a gang or doing the wrong things. What if we learn how to reverse that, right? What if we learn how to pour into them before they get that far or allowing these leaders who are in the communities to actually go into them and start having these conversations. They're not hard. It only takes is people with the mission and the drive to want to get back and love on these kids, period. I, and I'll, add to, I'll just quickly add to what you're saying. Now I am hearing feedback. Um, I'll quickly add to what you're saying. It's what if we figure out why they make the decision to join the game in the first place? You know, what is it that's missing? Uh, what what are they searching for when, when they do that? And, and typically, it's just to be a part of something. Everybody wants right. to feel like they are a part of something. Um, and if, if, you know, again, you walk into school and it's just like, ew, you know what I mean? The teacher's corner, mm-hmm. they, you know, they, you know they, 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 don't, they don't look like me. They don't feel like me. They, I don't think that they understand me. Oh, but this kid, oh, snap, he got swag. He's chilling. He, you know what I mean? I, I can, I kind of look up to him. He got the sneakers that I like. Um, mm-hmm. These, some of these small, thick differences are the reason why somebody's going to go and, 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 you know, rob the store to get, you know, to get into the gang or whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's, I mean, I love the fact that you're you're asking these questions um, and and showing children that there's a that there's a different yeah. way, man. It's, it's like so, I was saying so earlier, important. I agree. I agree with you. Like just being seen, being heard, and being loved, right, can change a person's mindset in a heartbeat. And it needs to be continuous. You know what I'm saying? It's not just throughout the school year or maybe once a month. It needs to be something we're doing. Like if we can do something every week. You know what I'm saying? Because what happens is this, and I think about even after school programs or summer camps or things that kids like to be a part of, those things end. I remember me, I got to a weird age in my life and I'm like, okay, I'm going to these summer camps because you want to get away from home. You know what I mean? Like it's just something different. And you find this community that you love and that you can be a part of. And then guess what? It ends. So now I have to wait a whole nother year and go through the depression and the anger and the and all of these things that happen in my head that then make me feel like you know what, let me find something else, right, Jamal? Like we were saying, and then those things sometimes happen to be negative connotations. So now, what happens or what do we do after we a person leaves these programs, right, or takes a break from the program? And I'm talking about I'm going back to school. I have a teacher. The teacher's amazing. 
amazing, a mentor, whatever the case may be. But then school ends. What do we do to continue that mentorship so that the kids have something to look forward to than waiting until September to see that same person again? You know what I mean? Because then that, that longing for love and attention and care and concern is lost because that teacher has a life to live at the end of the day. And this now this young person feels left out alone, hurt, scared, whatever it may be, because now they confided in you this whole time. So when I think about the bigger picture, I think about all of us coming together as a collective. So that way we, when you're not there, at least I'm there, right? Or when I'm not there, she's there or somebody else is there. So that way we have that structure there and they are comfortable enough to want to be a part, you know? Absolutely. I mean, what do teenagers want, right? They want to make money. They want to be accepted by their friends. They want to have a good time. And believe it or not, they want to learn. Yeah. Now, what they want to learn? <laughs> yes. We have we can, that's a whole different conversation. Yes. But what you're talking about is community education. What you're talking about is collectivism in terms of all, it's all of our jobs to make yes. sure that we advance. It's all of our jobs to make sure that this person knows this thing. Um, mm. And I completely identify with you when you talk about the need or the want or the mourning of programs that you loved or teachers that you enjoyed. And if the school was the, the, the middle of the community, was the center of the community, you would never mourn that because you knew right. that those people would always be there. They would never right. leave you. They're, they're not going anywhere. Um, but unfortunately in our current system, we're looking at teachers who are coming in, they're leaving. They don't live here. So you're not gonna see them at yeah. the grocery store. You're not gonna see them at the supermarket. You're not gonna see them at, at church on Sunday. You're not gonna see mm -hmm. them uh, walking up and down the block. I have seen multiple of my students walking up and down the block. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's, it's, it is so much bigger than like, okay, let's change the curriculum this way, or let's have a right. conversation about this. It is really a conversation of how do we make education the center of our communities? And right. so just like talk a little bit about how your conversations and your ability to relate to people, your ability, and, and you're just like overall wanting to increase the the connections that we have in our communities. Talk a little bit about like, in, a, in, in the world that we wanna see, what that begins to look like, what that begins to feel like, what people, that what is that freedom dream? What is that thing that doesn't currently exist yet? Um, just walk us through what that would look like for you to have that community education and these conversations to be mainstream. Right. Um, what would it feel like to live in a place like that? Um, I think for me to live in a place like that, it's a, one, number one, treat them like they're human beings, right? And not like they're just these young thugs or these young hooligans or these young, whatever you want to call it, whatever the society wants to deem them as, like stop putting them in the box because they're bigger than the box, right? Meet them where they are and allow them the progress to grow. And in doing so, us growing ourselves, right? Because we at, we at times as adults, we put ourselves in, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get from A, to get to be, and if you don't fit in what we have going on, then you, we can't accept you, right? So in the in my world, we are we are all accepting of everyone in the midst that we are changing ourselves to also allow them to realize that you know we can be bigger and better than anything. We can overcome anything. Um, 
And in doing so, it creates that comfort level, right? Because now I can trust you. I believe in you. And it's allowing me to also to believe in myself. I see you growing. I see you changing so that I can do the same thing. You are mentoring me. So now I feel like I can also do that to other people in the community, or younger people in the community. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. And, 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 which, and you're speaking to expectation. Um, yes. And it's been proven over and over and over again. You know, you, you sit sit a teacher down in a room and you tell that teacher, you know, these kids, they did fantastic last year. You know, you got the smartest kids, you know, in the world and you do the very same thing. And and, and those students happen to be the students that were not so hot. And right. then on the reverse, you, you tell it, tell um, the students that that were doing fantastic. You're like, oh, you're going to have a hard time with these guys. You know what I mean, they, right. they're rough. Right. One students, one group of students grades go up. The other ones go down. Oh, wow, all right. as a belief of the person standing in front of the room and how much they believe and what they expect. People rise to the level of, of our expectations right. when right. our expectations are aligned with who those people are. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, 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 it makes perfect sense what you, yeah. you know what, what, what you're saying. So, uh, you know, talk 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 about. I mean, you got the the, the fly you know sweater on, and, and you know what I'm saying I'm lo I'm loving and favored. You know, you gonna have to show me where I can go 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 cop that. Um, yes. I know you ain't even talk about you know black folks and how we lead culture. Um, you know, talk about that and 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 then tie it back into you know, how our culture can start to be driven towards one uh, where where education and, and learning are, are centered. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, listen, I wholeheartedly agree. I even go back to this TikTok thing, right, where they're on the strike because they're like, listen, we're tired of, right, we're tired of you guys coming in here, taking our, our dances, our, what we find love and joy and peace and flipping it out and then putting your name on it and making thousands of dollars. Meanwhile, we don't have a we don't have a pot to piss in or window to throw it out of. We're tired of it, right? We're tired of being deemed like less than but you you've come in and you've taken our clothes, our looks, our skincare, and all of these things that are making it your own, right? And I feel like the same can be done with education, right? Education will be fun. When I was in school, <laughs> I you couldn't get me out the building. You couldn't get me out because it was so much fun. There was so much care. There was so much culture. There was so much love and concern. And like you were saying about my sweater, like even in what we wear, right? It, it can be educational. These things can be written out. Somebody, somebody sponsored me with this. And um, it says favorite. But can't it say something that's educational on you that, that can be dope? But it's all favorite. favorite. That's educational. But you know, what, what, what does right. favorite mean? How are right. you favorite? Like you how about favorite? Right. I, I think about manifest. Like words like that. You know what I'm saying? Like powerful. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Like things like that, so that we can be reminded of just how powerful we are and how and how smart we are. Instead of being thrown into a world that tells us you're good, but she's better, or he's okay. He's okay. He's okay, but you will probably have to compete against him next year. Like, no, who says that that has to be? Like, we are all in this together, and we can all win. It's space enough for all of us, you know what I'm saying? But if our kids don't realize that or don't, are not being told that over and over and over again, then they're lost, you know what I'm saying? Or they're going to feel like they're going into these systems, and the first thing they have to do is compete instead of just being, you know? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we say all the time that that cooperation and collaboration are far, far, far better values than that of competition. And yes. you know, and, until we start to get that, it's you know, it's not that you know I got an A and he got a B, and so I'm you know better. It's if, mm -hmm. if you take you know five kids, you give all of them the, the the very same test, and you say, hey guys, you guys do the do do the test together. Guess what? Everybody gets a hundred. You know, right. every everybody gets a hundred instead of okay, he get a hundred, he get an eighty, he get a fifty. Mm -hmm. you don't look at each other's papers. That's not the way the world works, right? So we got to make sure we, you know we got to stop school from being that way too. Mm -hmm. I agree, one hundred percent. And I I, I just want to like hone in on our conversation about black folks leading the culture because absolutely, did you see what they did to that Megan Thee Stallion song? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you see what? Do you hear what I'm saying? And like, watch they don't know what to do. They the don't know what to do. are horrendous because you now try to teach them that it doesn't belong to you. This does not belong to you. We do not belong to you. Period. Period. And I think like it's so like I love that in this conversation about education on this podcast about education, we can talk about TikTok. We can talk about Meg the Stallion. We can talk about all these different things because it is so a part of what our kids are walking into school with. Yeah. If if you like i had a teacher in high school who i made start watching empire <laughs> because that was my thing and we would come in and talk about it every yeah. week and he's like i'm tired of being in here go watch it then go mm -hmm. and and now we have something to talk about and we have a connection on a level we didn't have before this right. and so i want you to talk a little bit about what it looks like in a world we're going back to our freedom dreaming right what does it look like in a world where people begin to or people begin to recognize that we lead the culture and we truly recognize that we lead the culture and mm -hmm. how we can, and what it would look like for us to take that ownership and use that ownership to then push our influence even further than what we are, what we already have. Yeah. I, I think Economically for, and otherwise. Okay. I think for me, first off, is being proud of what you're, who you are, what you represent being proud of being black, right? Being proud of being, you know, dark skin, light, whatever shade of black you are in this world, being proud of that and representing that first, period, right? And then for me, honing in on what makes that special. So you talk about Meg Thee Stallion, like who said it's wrong to listen to her? You know what I'm saying? We live in a society where people are saying that outside of our culture, right? All the people outside are saying, oh, it's bad, it's this and it's that, it's distasteful, but are then making money on what our culture represents. The same thing that they've turned around and said, oh man, these are thugs, these are this, these are that. But then you turned around and then flipped it and then made thousands of dollars on what you sold. You know what I mean? So once we realize our power, once we realize our value and how much money that creates for everybody else, I don't want to start naming like, you know, other other races because I can I can go there I don't mind but I'll keep it I'll keep it cute for right now. Um, once we realize that what we have what we have is so much more than this bubble, and we realize how how much our culture has been seen around the world and is embraced around the world, and realize our strength and our power and numbers and our unity together and what we collectively can do. That freedom that you talk about, that freedom thing that you're talking about will be a lot more acceptable. But we need to be able to say to say these things and to not be afraid of what we're doing. 
and not be embarrassed or scared about what we're going to bring to the world. You know what I mean? A lot of us are afraid because we don't want to be judged or we're, we're seeking validation secretly. That's what it is. A lot of times we're like, oh, we don't care what nobody says. Meanwhile, if, if Brother Joe says take it down or Brother Joe said this is, this is not proper, we're taking it down because we want to make sure we are pleasing him. Screw them. It's not about them. It's about your happiness. It's about what you're producing to the world and the money you're going to make behind it and the generations that are going to feed off of what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, so many people have so much to learn of all these businesses that tried to start. Oh, hot girl, some of this hot girl. She said trademarked. Don't play them. Right. And so right. I think that, again, there's so much to learn. I'm teaching mm -hmm. economics next year. Best believe that's going to be in there because it's so important for us to have a conversation about well, who gets to have ownership over what and who gets to profit right. over what and who gets to do, like, I think we very much, well, the rappers are this and the execs are this and this is and this is how it works. The basketball players are this, but the coaches are this and the and the owners are this. And so yeah. we have to begin to unpack and say, no, no, it's it, that because it is this now doesn't mean that it is this forever. Right. Um, and so I, I, I would love for you to also be able to talk about in this moment where we're discussing the culture, we're discussing education, we're discussing our communities. Talk about why it's so important for you on your platform, but also just in your everyday life to give people their flowers while they're here. And talk about why that notion that we that is in pop culture right now, where we talk about so much in pop culture, talk a little bit about why that's so integral to getting to the community education space that we want to get to. Mm -hmm. Because once again, and I'll say this one more, I'll say this, I'll, I'll say this all day. It allows people to know their importance, right? It, it just those, it just those things that sit in you. If you hear it enough, you're going to believe it, right? If people are telling you this enough, you're going to believe it. So even on my platform, when I pull flowers, it is genuine. I'm letting people know how how important they are, not only to me, but to the world around them, to the people in the community. Because if you hear it enough, you're going to believe it. A lot of times we're walking, we're walking on eggshells. We're walking afraid because we don't know how people are going to take us. You know what I mean? And sometimes you need that reassurance like your brother. You're it. Sister, queen, you're it. We need to start uplifting these people and, and kind of, and it goes back to them creating in that educational space. If you tell somebody, listen, you are smarter than ever. You're going to pass this thing. You are my friend. You are the best at this. You are the best at that. You're going to be this next thing. You're going to be this next graduate. You're going to do this. It allows them to start believing it. And not only do they start believing it, they start saying it out of their mouths. You know what I mean? So on my platform, I try my best in doing in doing the most in celebrating our people, especially our people. And I've had all races on the show, but our people, so that they don't never forget their importance. And at the end of at the end of their journey, or at the end of the, whatever they're doing, they can they can look back and say, you know, I made an effect because somebody told once told me how powerful, how strong, how mighty I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's, it's um, I've heard it stated that um, when you come into somebody's life um, or when somebody comes into yours, you know, they, they're, they're either gonna be an anchor or an engine. Um, and you're talking about people being engines, like, you know, like to turning on um, the engine and being the, the wind beneath somebody's wings, like helping yep. them fly 
like they can fly because each and every one of us can fly, man. You know, it, it's, it's, it's it's if you're not flying, it's because there's there's anchors right now, and mm-hmm. and that could be people, that could be habits, um, that yeah. could be things that you didn't have the opportunity to learn, um, that are holding you back. And so, yeah. as people, even just you know, using that as a um, you know, as as a visual to say that well, what are the anchors that are you know that are that are holding? Mm-hmm. Oh snap! I can let go of that one. Oh, I can let yes. go of that one. Um, yes. when, when when we start to do that, um, then 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 people will start to fly, and then we'll, the more people in our community that start to fly, we start to fly together, and then it, it, the whole thing uh, lifts up, man. And yeah, I, I, I about, see it happening. It's all about adding value in somebody's life, right? Like. Like you said, those those anchors. If you start realizing and and, and saying to yourself, "This is not at any value to my life," or the people who are going to come into it later on, you're going to throw these things away, right? All these negative habits, all these people or things that are that are weighing you down, so that way you can soar, right? And not only for yourself, but for the community, for the people, for the family, all your loved ones that are around you, so that they can soar as well. Exactly. I, I mean. That, that's the dream, that's the freedom dream, right? It's not that, you know, all of the problems of the world get eradicated as much as crazy as that would be. I don't think my grandma's grandma's, I mean, my, my great, 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 great grandchildren are gonna see that. But the more people who decide that it's no longer acceptable to uplift yourself without uplifting others, then we're gonna start to see your freedom dream, our freedom dream begin to come true. So I, I, this is, I mean, we could talk all day. I already know that. Um, But I would love for us to kind of hone in on our last question, which is always the same. Um, You become the interviewer, we become the interviewee, and you get to ask us a question about the topic or whatever whatever else you wanna ask. So my question to you guys is what, after having this conversation, what do you feel like needs to be done mm-hmm. to start taking kids from the school aspect of community and where they should they should feel comfortable and developed or whatever, and actually doing this in the community? What programs do you think should be available, should be happening right now to kind of keep them on board? So I'll start, and and I'll say that that um, I mean I don't have all of the names of the programs that are that are happening right now, but but they are happening. You know, one of the one of the things that um, you know I don't know I don't like saying it's fortunate to come out of the pandemic, but you know when when something negative happens, you 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 look for seeds of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, and the federal government is pumping a whole bunch of money um, into summer programs, into after school programs, into saying you know how are we going to go about the business of of picking up, you know, this learning loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there are lots of programs and there's lots of money out there now. You know, I, I can see there being, you know, slush funds where money winds up in places where it's not necessarily effective. Um, yeah. So it's my sincere hope to, to you know, kind of keep my eye on, you know, who's doing what, um, saluting and celebrating the people who are doing incredible things and, and, and bringing those stories out to the to the world. And then, yeah. you know, if, if there's people out there who are, who are being shady with the with the people's funds, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe a little bit of shame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so people say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to do that in the future because, you know, black mm-hmm. and white education ain't, 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 ain't here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At all. And then just to talk a little bit about like what those programs would look like, what they would feel like. 
they would they would look and feel very similar to, to what we've talked about today. I think students mm -hmm. would want to come and they wouldn't want to leave. Um, and that would be because we would be, yes, let's figure out the, this math that you missed over the course mm -hmm. of the time that you were on Zoom. Let's talk about this history that you missed over the time you were on Zoom. But let's also talk about what are the things that you saw on TikTok on those endless hours that I know you were on TikTok and not in class. Mm -hmm. so let's, let's talk a little bit about like what you saw, what inspired you, what made you laugh? How do you get to create those things? Uh, oh, wait, we about to make take this TikTok together? Great, let's do that for five minutes while we take a break between math and ELA. Um, oh, you don't like to read this type of book? Well, let me try out this graphic novel. Let's try out this thing. It would really be about giving kids the opportunities to 